0: Attention, listeners. Ahead are spoilers. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson, and with me, as always, Chris Borough.
1: There's no crying in baseball.
0: Indeed, and with me, as always, <laughs> Zach
2: Powers. There's, there's no. Chris took the really famous one, and now I'm. <laughs> <laughs> He's crying, (laughs) sir. Um,
0: (laughs) uh, On the Movie Trap, welcome. Uh, On the Movie Trap, one of the hosts that you just met uh, picks a theme, and then each of the hosts picks a movie based on that theme. After we've watched all three movies, we then vote on an allocated amount of points, uh, plus some bonus points that we're going to get along the way. Uh, And whichever movie wins the vote, that host gets to pick the next theme. Previously on The Movie Trap, we are in the middle of my theme of sports movies. We watched 1977's Slapshot.
2: To be fair, if you said sports movies, you don't need to elaborate whose theme it was. That's true. That's probably fair.
0: That's probably fair. They could probably (laughs) make a good guess. Um, um, So we watched uh, 1977's Slapshot, which was uh, educational uh to say the least and uh this time is another educational pick for zach because it's a new movie for that zach has not seen correct and that is uh, a league of their own
2: it was the runner-up uh, for my famous movies you haven't seen uh round. Right. so yeah,
0: yeah so uh, this is kind of uh, i i i did not pitch this up pitch this theme to lay up to Zach to pick this movie, but I kind of- Is this intentional one. puns yeah. or- I
1: didn't realize you that you don't. hadn't. Oh, geez. Yeah, I hadn't realized you didn't see this one, Zach. I thought this one was like almost impossible to miss uh, just because of the cultural Had... prevalence.
2: Nope. Nope. Had not seen. Uh, I famously hate movies starring women. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God. He hates movies with Madonna. So we've already made him sit through two in this podcast. So and I've picked
2: cool. them both
0: yeah that's right exactly uh, what right, was the so other one we did into- dick tracy Dick tracy. oh
1: we got to see evita at some point but
0: keep going okay yeah great can't wait um uh okay but before we get into the the plot synopsis of a league of their own uh, let's get a quick rundown of the points because previously on the movie trap we did get some points so mora you have two bonus points and 10 points for vital voting I have two bonus points with 10 points for final voting. And Zach Powers has all three of his bonus points and 12 points for final voting. Excellent. So with that in mind, uh, Zach Powers, a league of their own. I want to start Hanks, with- Gina Davis.
2: All of them. I want to start with the production note. Um, there may, uh, for reasons, uh, for reasons there may be a special guest star on this episode in audio and or visual form. Uh, I have adopted a new kitten. It is living in this office. To separate it and slowly introduce it to the new cat, you may hear tiny little meows. Uh, that is what that is if it occurs. Um, okay, so on to A League of Their Own. <laughs> League of Their Own is a 1992 sports comedy directed by Penny Marshall and starring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis. Really should be Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Lori Petty, Madonna. Uh, John Lovitz, a bunch of people. Rosie um O'Donnell. Rosie yeah. O'Donnell's in it's the a, mix it's in a here. huge
1: cast, and often if you look in the Gary background, Marshall. you see a bunch of cameos of people who became famous later, just sure. throwing balls in the background.
2: John Lovitz is around. Eddie yeah. um, Schramm, famous good. from Monk. Yep. As for the plot, war! <laughs> it's wartime in the United States, and uh... <laughs> That that means that uh, all of the the strong and able-bodied men have been sent over to fight uh, to fight those nasty Krauts um, uh, and show Hitler what for, um, which means the American pastime of baseball is has a shortage of players, and so in ni- uh, 1943, and this is a thing that actually happened in real life, they decide to pursue a women's league. Um, uh, particularly a man named Walter Harvey. This is a fictional character played by Gary Marshall who decides to bankroll a new women's league in the Midwest primarily. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, off in Oregon, two sisters who have a bit of a passion for baseball um, are visited by a scout in the form of John uh, Lovitz who watches one of their local games and decides that the Gina Davis character, Dottie, is exceptional enough to possibly make the cut for this new women's league. But ultimately, uh, she only agrees to go on the condition that her sister Kit is allowed to come along. Uh, Dottie is not super committed to baseball. Um, She mostly just wants her husband to come home alive and so she can live her days in peace. Kit, however, uh, is, you know, young and tempestuous and really wants to make a go of it as a, profes- a professional female baseball player. It's kind of her dream, um, even though Dottie seems to be somewhat more skilled. Uh, regardless, they both uh, end up getting uh, accepted for tryouts where they head to Chicago uh, at Harvey Field, where they, uh, they do indeed make the cut along with a number of other um, notable characters uh, a former dancer a saucy dancer named May quote all the way uh, May uh Morabito who's played by Madonna um, and uh, Doris Murphy uh, who is played by Rosie O'Donnell um and I think this a was few other
1: first big starring thing this introduced most of us to Rosie O'Donnell
2: Yeah she's quite young in this she looks uh, she look a baby face as they say um And uh, a few others, Uh, there's an illiterate woman. There's a woman whose main thing is like, I guess she's supposed to be very uh, unattractive that uh, the two sisters force John Lovitz to take along with them, even though uh, she may not fit the profile of what the league was looking for. There is an undercurrent of sexism in the whole, whole ordeal. They want all these women to be extremely attractive. They want them to wear skirts, even though that is not ideal for baseball and doing things like sliding into base. Um, and the newsreels about the league are less about their skills and more about how, you know, oh, she's a beauty pageant winner and she makes a fine pie. Hands off, fellas. She's married. That kind of shit. Um, regardless, uh, they are stuck with a manager, a reluctant manager named Jimmy Dugan, played by Tom Hanks, a, uh, serial fuck up and former best, uh, baseball star himself who has become a bit of a washed up alcoholic. Um, He takes on the task.
1: Yeah, it's suggested that he has damaged his knee horribly in an accident, falling out of, not in the game, but falling out of a hotel window. So he has no cartilage in his knee anymore. And that's why he no longer can play.
2: And also why he's not in Europe fighting the Nazis, Um, which Tom Hanks obviously would love to do if he could. I mean, um, he does
1: it in Saving Private Ryan. In a couple more years, he gets around to it. He gets around <laughs> yeah. It, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. He's uh, he's assigned to be the manager for the team by uh, a man named Lowenstein, who uh, kind of is uh, Gary Marshall's second in command, in charge of of running the the he's day. Like,
0: he's like the commissioner, you exactly. know, of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, initially, this endeavor starts off kind of slowly. Um, they are sent, the team is called the Rockford Peaches of Rockford, Illinois. And it seems as though this, uh, particular, um, endeavor is going to fall apart. The, the stadiums are not packed. In fact, almost no one is showing up. And the people who do show up are usually mocking and, uh, sort of cynical about the whole affair. Um, they pick up a couple others on the way they get, uh, one of the players has a young son named Stillwell, who's a bit of a little shit. Um, and, you know, like, forces the bus driver to quit and all this other stuff. Um, uh, yeah, but the, the eventually, borderline uh, psychotic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he covers the bus driver's eyes while he's driving and almost crashes the bus, at which point the bus driver... The bus driver quits in the middle of nowhere and just starts a walk-in, which what? we could... T- Um, He probably just died. That's the end of his uh, story. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. They cut the scene where there's a newspaper. Bus driver found frozen to death in the Ohio cornfield. (laughs) Uh, Regardless, um, they they have a bunch of uh, you know sort of vignettes where they go to like roadhouses and have a good time with the fellas before making it back. Just in time, and you know the the unattractive lady meets a guy who who loves her for who she is, and and all this stuff. Uh, there's a whole bunch of like little sort sort of vignettes. You know, Dugan comes to start having a a bigger hand after Gina Davis does the majority of the managing early on, and comes to kind of have an affection for some of these these ragtag players, as well as continually sexually assaulting uh, this woman named Cuthbert who I don't know exactly what her role is, um, but she's, she's like there that. too.
0: The chaperone. Yeah, know, okay. Because women couldn't be trusted without right. any sort of supervisory capacity. So that's Yeah, her. yeah.
2: The League is like, no cigarettes, no drinking, and no men. Right. Um,
0: and that's that's her job is to enforce it. She's
1: yeah. like that. The so so master. she's there to try to keep things in line. And I guess it turns into Tom Hanks' character just openly sexually harassing her to apparently no uh help from the other ladies they're just like oh no she deserves it and it's like
0: oh god yeah yeah they poison her lunch I
2: mean, yeah they
1: poison it's a little brutal on that her. poor person yeah
2: oh yeah they do poison her lunch they say well the doctor says he's never seen a patient throw up as much as she does which is quite a poisoning um oh, that's right uh anyway but they're uh, very
0: cavalier like is she dead so what let her bury her i know a guy
2: yeah
1: they're like, oh, come on, come on. She's going to be fine. Come on. Let's go to the dance. Let's go to the dance and dance
2: with the boys. She's dying. <laughs> We're going to go to jail. Uh, there is a, um, there is a, you know, a, alongside the misadventures and the fun, there are a few more solemn moments. One of the members gets a telegram informing her her husband has been killed in action at one point. Um and, uh, uh, Dottie's husband returns from the war, having been injured in the leg. Um, and Dottie is considering leaving the league because all she really wanted was, you know, to be able to go home with her husband. Um, meanwhile, Kit is jealous of Bobby and has conflicts with some of the other teammates because of her rambunctious personality and her desire to be sort of the, the real star of the team. Um, and when she feels that, uh, Dottie is like giving a considering quitting and destroying the team. She uh, is distraught, but Dottie options offers to be traded to another team in order to keep the peace. Instead, they trade Kit, um, causing a big conflict between the two and sending Kit to a separate team. Uh, Eventually, uh, thanks to some good publicity pieces, some stuff in Life Magazine and increasingly exciting games. The League is really getting a second wind. A lot of people are interested. And it turns out that they are heading to the World Series up against uh, Kit's team, the Racine Bells. Um, It's, you know, your typical, you know, close game deep into the ninth um, when uh, finally Kit is up to bat. She hits a good one uh but the ball comes back to home just before uh kit does dotty being the umpire uh kit catcher. uh the catcher i should say yes uh and dotty slams into home uh uh or kit slams into home knocking dotty over and dotty drops the ball and therefore kit is safe and the bells win the game Dugan decides to stay on. Uh, Lowenstein saves the league, even though Harvey uh, is thinking about canning it because the boys are coming back from war. Hitler having been shown what for at this point. Um, (laughs) And uh, Lowenstein, uh, you know, he goes all out to save it and eventually succeeds. Um, And so Dugan decides to turn down a a nice offer to operate another like pro team and stay uh, with the peaches uh, Dottie, however, uh, decides to go back home and live her life. We cut back to the framing device from the beginning of the old version of Dottie who goes to the opening of an exhibit at the baseball hall of fame about the women's league where she meets with the surviving members of the peaches. Uh, notably Dugan has passed away at this point and a couple others. Um, but, uh, they sing the, uh, sort of team song that they had, and the movie concludes with uh, Dottie and Kit embracing again, uh, now much older.
1: Apparently estranged Madonna's the entire time leading playground. up to that. Like these sisters didn't talk
2: I don't know if outside I read, of that. I don't know if I read into that. I feel like I feel like there's nothing to say that they were necessarily estranged <laughs> during that time.
1: Well, the thing is is it's this just is my super problem with weird. the weirds in general. Yeah. I mean, you could go ahead and say it too, because it's weird that they show up and they act like, "Oh, I'm so glad you showed up." And it's like these two are sisters. Wouldn't they have talked? <laughs> Wouldn't they have planned yeah. this strip out?
2: Yeah. And you know, they, they both even presumably had families. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. They even kind of hint at it because Dottie even says like that that husband of hers or whatever. So you assume that like she went to the male wedding. You know, like that sure. she knows who who Kit's married to and everything. Yeah, this yeah. Is my, but it's my problem is those bookends together. I they should have been cut. They they didn't add anything. Um all it did it didn't add anything. All it did was just kind of insist on the movie's own importance. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't really reveal anything new, you know. Well, it's it's, that's, it's just like yeah. nostalgia humping for nostalgia humping's sake. And yeah, that, I, you're already doing fucking baseball in World War 2, dara So I mean, you're already got the nostalgia. We don't have to Oh, yeah. I, when I was I, I young, you know,
2: like maybe on. there's an aspect of it that's about like this league that was considered such a joke getting this respect so many years later. Yeah. And there's a couple, a couple nice moments baked in. I think the adult version of Stillwell, the little brat, kind of being like, my mom passed on, but it was important sure. for me to be here is kind sure. of nice. And yeah. I'll say this about those bookends the old casting is so good. Those people, those old people look. So much like the people they're supposed to be. It's perfect. You can tell every time which character it is.
1: Yeah. It is pretty uncomfortable, though, when, for one thing, when they have Gina Davis's actress show up and she's just dubbed by Gina Davis, that was a little right. uncomfortable. That was weird. I would have been right. fine with just the actor having their own voice.
0: Yeah. Um, everybody but, else had their own voice uh, i mean one I mean, thing every, that everybody else yeah. know, it's not like rosie o'donnell came in and dubbed over for her character yeah you know it was just sheena davis i thought yeah. it was anyway they it, probably just did it so that people have would all this and know just not had it but yeah. the the
1: other thing that it brings up is that it does show that they ended up in the baseball hall of fame um yeah though that also could have just been a a black screen text sure. on screen these ladies all sure. joined the blah 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 hall of fame and then shown some photos of the actual ladies who did it That's how I would have ended it, but I also am not uh, Gary Marshall or uh, uh, Penny 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 Marshall. Marshall. Uh, Who all wrote on this? Oh, that's Uh, one thing. The the story is written by two guys. Or excuse me, the the story came up by two ladies, Kim Wilson, Mm -hmm. Kelly, Kandel, and then was written by two guys. So that's
0: a little odd, but anyway, it's baseball. Yeah. And, and, well, and Penny Marshall, like, really, she's a huge baseball nut. So, like, mm-hmm. she, she wanted to do this because she saw, like, some Ken Burns documentary or some shit on Twitter. And, and it is and
2: interesting. This, this is a movie that, you know, obviously is about a women's baseball league. But I do think it is clear that uh, a lot of the creative voices, I know the story by and not the script by was women, but the director was a woman. I think that does shine through in the movie. And I also think this is a. Uh, among, uh, uh, women, I've, my understanding is this is kind of like a real cult classic. I think like for the audience of like, uh, uh for women, this is like a, a really, really, really beloved film because I think it probably speaks well to their situation in a way that a lot of movies utterly fail to do.
0: Sure. I, 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 mean, I love this movie. I, I think yeah. the movie's great, you know, like, and, and I'm, I'm glad it was Penny Marshall. Um, because Penny Marshall, not only, um, you know, that she has a real sensitivity of, you know, females and whatnot, being mm-hmm. one, uh, but also she knows how to corral a large cast and, and gives each one of them like a moment to shine. Like, as I understand a lot of this production, like they had a lot of time of just like playing innings basically. And she would just film them in character, just kind of going off. Like Rosie O'Donnell, she kind of just almost kept, adding scenes because she just liked how Rosie O'Donnell was doing it. Um, so I'm glad it was Penny Marshall because she, she has a a good handle on this situation, which could be, could so easily go off the rails. You know, yeah. it could so easily just be a, a, a mess sure. um, and, and yeah. granted it's saved by, by endless montages, you know, like that's, that's a trope in sports movies. Well, I, would say, I mean the the mid
2: chunk. Time. There's a lot of always you're traveling from town to yeah, town. And the all mid chunk shit. of this movie
0: is essentially
1: like a pot potpourri of good things happening, big band music, and then when the uh, mid act or the midpoint happens, I believe is when the lady gets the letter that her husband's dead, and then things get more serious after that. That's the league starts having trouble, they start having issues. Gina Davis starts thinking about leaving, stuff and like K- that. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of the, change the real, up. the
2: real main thrust of the story, the Dottie and Kit relationship being probably the primary relationship in the in the story. Like that really starts to elevate after that point, mm-hmm.
0: for sure. I mean, and that's that's the core of the movie is yeah. is this relationship between these sisters. Um, and 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 again, to still have this sort of Christmas tree and ornaments of everything else around it, you know, with like the the historicalisms and the the just the baseball stuff. At its core, it's that's what it's about. It's about these two women and their relationship to one another which i think was was really cool um especially for 1992 you know yeah. not, not bad but also i think it should be said uh I, I you know i i this is kind of the beginning of the ascendancy of tom hanks you know he was in sure. big which was a big deal and all that stuff but this is this is before philadelphia right, right. so like he was mainly known as like a comic actor right. you know so that's and he, he plays to that in this but i would say that in this movie he it's sort of breaks through because he plays it so right you know i i him sexually assaulting cuthbert if he had played that it's it's part of the reason why i think everyone kind of gets away with it because a it's It's the way he does it he's tom hanks is
2: one of those guys who can pull something like that off
0: right yeah and and i think that that's it takes a real skill to play that one degree other way one degree another way and it wouldn't have worked but tom hanks in this movie specifically, especially, I mean, the, the, the all time famous line of this is no crying in baseball, right? That whole speech, um, the way he it part of the reason why it's so memorable is the way he does it, you know, like the way when the umpire comes up to him and he's like, what's going on here? <laughs> She's crying, sir. You know, like, that's <laughs> fucking
1: funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it, it
1: kind of helps that um, he is never introduced as being a particularly well-mannered person or a good guy. Yeah. He's very rough. You can imagine he's very much a ball player in that old-style fashion.
2: And very much, I think, this is a through line uh, between the first two movies we've watched, at least. This sort of mm. washout. Kind of uh, yeah. yeah like yeah. guy who takes over the managerial aspect of the team yeah has been
0: yeah yeah that that that's true too but also like kind of plucky underdogs but that's a trope exactly in almost every sports movie. yeah well um, i mean
1: th- they always kind of fall into the uh uh the father figure uh in most of hmm. these and then there's usually like uh, a spiritual death of some sort like in this film he actually does die later 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 in the denouement. but uh in some of them there's like the moment at which they're like i can't do anything more for you you gotta win this one for yourself ladies or something like that happens um but i'd like to ask actually a question in this i don't know if he has that specific moment in this but i've noticed that happens a lot um in sports movies uh lots of times you have the games happening and then you have character uh decisions and arcs occurring I thought it was interesting in this one that um, Lori Petty's character, the big thing with her is that they introduce it at the start and they follow the thread all the way through of don't swing at the high ones. Don't don't try mm-hmm. to like go above what you can do. The,
2: and then the, the premise is yeah. functionally that she always swings at the high balls, but can never hit them. Like she can't yeah. resist going then, for
1: it. And then at the World Series, the specific character arc there is that Uh, gina davis knows this about her sister they're on the opposite teams playing against each other she gives that tip of throw the high ones she's going to swing at it and she won't hit it and then she hits it anyway and it's like proof that Lori petty's arrived and she's a player in her own right and she can live her own life now and things like that um is that a common thing in sports movies where they do like a reveal of a character um necessity or need in the game because i've noticed all the time okay cuz i don't watch sports movies much all the time i mean think of think yeah. of
0: like uh think of like think of like uh sandlot right you know cuz like part of his whole thing is that he could run really fast and then sure. the whole climax of the movie is him being chased up by a dog, you know, even though it has nothing to do with the game, but that's the skill that gets unveiled in his character, I guess. But I think it happens all the time. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. It's, it's, it's good storytelling. You know, like I've got this, you know, one thing that I can't do. And then at the end of the movie, it's the one thing I can't do, but I've got to face it and I've got to do it now. That's what, I'm sure
2: think. you know that's not uncommon in in other types of movies. Like sure. in uh, in an action film, there might be like an established fear or inadequacy of a character that at the end yeah. they have to like step up and overcome you know that's that's just so how often i I would
0: say i would say to to answer your question more if i'd say it's just common in movies well how
1: often is that a thing in actual sports games like is that something because i don't watch sports is that something where you like project on a story or is it just watching the game and just being like just the game
0: no i i it's usually you know like look sports it's never about like that one moment. Sometimes it's it's rarely about that one moment. Usually the moment is winning. <laughs> that's the moment, yeah. you know. But like, it's it's very rare. Uh, and and again, I I'm a sports fan, but I'm a hockey fan. That's a that's yeah. like you know I'm a niche within a niche. Um, so like if if I'm gonna use hockey as an example, like you you know the players who do amazing stuff, you already know they could do amazing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's no like, Oh, I I hope Connor McDavid does it this time. You know, he's going to do it. He does it all the time. Yeah. Okay. I, like,
2: like for instance, I, I agree with Russell in so much as I'm not a huge sports fan, but I, you know, occasionally run into sports living in modern day America. Um,
0: and in Chicago, no less.
2: And in Chicago. Yeah. I have seen uh, two games at Wrigley field at this point because If you live in Chicago, I mean, and you get the opportunity to see a game at Wrigley Fields. Yeah, I'm going to go. And most of the time what happens is we just drink and barely pay attention to the game because Uh most of the time nothing's fucking happening. And it was the same when I used to go see Rockies games at the Rock Pile every once every year or two back in Denver. And like the only baseball game I've ever seen that I thought was genuinely exciting was when the Cubs won the World Series about four or five years ago. That game was a nail biter. But otherwise, yeah. Usually, I, it's I've
0: softened. I've softened a lot on on baseball. Uh, on Zach, our mutual friend Johnny, has kind of turned me into a Padres fan for some reason. Um, because I don't get enough misery in my life. Um, but I, I, the reason why I think it in baseball's unique, um, for for what you're asking, Boref, because it is that one-on-one it's pitcher versus batter right so like you and, you, you do yeah. kind of have that dichotomy that kind of that lends itself to that kind of storytelling but it's does that actually happen in sports not really in in baseball in especially it, it's more or less a numbers game you know this guy has this batting percentage this guy has this pitting pitching percentage and let's go
2: you know so, that's, so it's that's, probably that's something
1: that... to make it something that is entertaining to the audience not just correct
2: it's, game. it's a yeah. it's a yeah correct correct but for sure and i think that like in terms of baseball being on film, I I think it's probably much stronger than in real life, just because, like Russell said, that moment of the the pitcher and the batter, it's it's a duel between two characters. Like there is almost nothing like that in any other sport. Um, Correct. Plus the field, a baseball field is beautiful in a way that I don't think any other field is. Um, like the, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of slow moments uh, built, built, followed by fast ones. So you can like really pace things out. You can get wider shots. The action is easier to follow. I think it's maybe the best sport to adapt to film. Yeah, I, and I, I was kind I, of thinking I, of that think, same you know, thing.
1: I might actually give you a point for yeah. that, Zach, because I, I was kind of thinking okay. myself that there aren't really other sports that, would play out like this because like you can't do and, cricket because it's literally just two people smacking it back and forth for one, like three minutes and then it's done it, or you, like. you explain what to you... me those fucking rules
0: because i i watched a documentary about like on netflix about some crooked cricket player and they showed a lot of cricket i'm like i have no idea what what, what i i and they're like oh i pitched 74 i'm like 74 what the fuck does that mean i and, and I... you know the other thing yeah. that
2: go ahead
1: I was just going to say, I played cricket once in high school and I'm pretty sure the only memory I have from it is that two guys got into a big fight because they didn't understand the rules.
0: <laughs> but but the Was th- I there? <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
2: The other thing I'll say about baseball and film is, like basketball, it's one of these ones where it also has the ease of you're not absolutely covered in equipment, so you could tell who's who. Like, mm-hmm. in films, when you film a Football movie, you have to get... There's always those shots very close in on the face of people because otherwise you can't tell the who the fuck mm-hmm. is who on on the field. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, very true. I mean, part one of the benefits in Slapshot was that it was in the 70s and nobody wore helmets back then, yeah. so it was a lot easier to, to tell them apart. But you're completely right, too. And also, I think that, um, you know, part of the appeal of baseball... And and Tom Hanks kind of broaches this. One of my favorite quotes about baseball, I think, was from Billy Crystal. And I think it was in the Ken Burns documentary where he says, "It's essentially a children's game. That's what baseball is. It's essentially a children. It's a game children play. And yet you will see grown men get very animated about not only playing it but just watching it. Um, that's that's kind of. The, and Tom Hanks kind of touches on that too in his confrontation with Gina Davis, where he says, "It's it's of course it's it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it was." easy, everyone would do it. That's what makes it great. Um, and that's again, great delivery by, by Tom Hanks, but, um, yeah. And I think that, and plus, you know, when you're watching a baseball game, unlike, I think Zach's got a good point that like, it's, it's a much more it's, you're more or less like a day at the park, right? Even if you go to like a football game, it's, it's, it's all gridiron, right? You know, like it's, it's all gridded out and it's, it's, and you're so far away from it that it's, and that's, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I sort of think that that's why the only other sport that I think is, is probably uh, comparable to filming with baseball would be boxing. Um, oh, boxing, sure, that makes sense. you know, boxing is very much like a, an easy one guy against too. one yeah, guy yeah. For sure.
2: or one woman against one woman or right any yeah. variation that, yeah.
0: yeah and that's why you know it's it's, it's you know when we did slap shot like and and i kind of talked about how there aren't any good hockey movies. That's part of the reason why it's just, it's just hard to translate. Well, I mean, they can't even translate on television very well, in my opinion, in, in some sports, you know, the and, and that's no. honestly, I mean, I, I feel the same way about baseball. I, I watching a baseball game on the TV, I'm more or less bored, but if I'm there live, I'm, I'm kind of into sure, it. Cause again, an I, and, it. and Zach's right. The, the booze helps, you know, yeah. that helps. Um, It's a but, lot of
2: downtime, but when you hear the crack, it's always you always turn your head and see yeah. like what the fuck's going well, it, on.
1: It's kind of like, it's an audience event. It's like seeing a comedy alone versus seeing it in a you know a big audience in a theater. It's something that requires the sense of the group to be able to enjoy it, in my opinion. Or certain horror percent. movies. Like I would get scared by myself, but it's always nicer when you can see a whole group of people who are terrified as crap on the edge of their seat. Uh, it just has a different vibe. So yeah, I could totally get that. Like being in person for a sports game seems like it's more fun than watching it.
2: For sure, uh, yeah, um, and yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, even as a non-sports fan, I can see. Yeah, like, I would never watch a whole baseball game at home, with the exception of that Cubs game I mentioned earlier from the World Series. Yeah, that was um, probably
0: one of the most significant baseball games of uh, a couple of decades. So yeah. I don't blame you for tuning in on that one. And that was exciting. That was that was pretty cool. But I
2: have a decent um, time at the ballpark every time I go, even if I literally can't remember who won a given game in a week.
0: Right yeah (laughs) i mean i like i said i i uh uh, our mutual friend johnny zach has kind of turned me on to baseball more or less and when hockey office was on i kind of latched onto it and uh yeah because i don't have enough uh pain and misery in my life but i wanted to (laughs) i I think it's i i don't want to brush over the kind of historical nature of this movie you know the fact that it takes place in world war ii and that it's a it's based off a real more or less a true story sure um and, and, you know, they took a lot of liberties, for example, like it, it never really struggled, like during it, it, people latched on to women's baseball, I have no problem with it. And part of that reason is that, you know, when you're in some of these towns, they don't get a chance to see a fucking baseball game all that often. So they're happy to be there. You know, the, there wasn't a lot of games on the radio, certainly not television or anything. So like, they were, they're more or less hey fucking, you know, that's why, you know, circus yeah. is in town. Let's go. I don't think you TV know, like, even think existed that that, yet. No, no, but it, it but it but even more so rarely were games even played on the radio. Like mm. you could only get certain if you were in a certain region, you could listen to a game on the radio, but if you were outside of that region, you you had no way. It wasn't until part of and and I even read that that's kind of what almost killed the women's league in real life was that the advent of radio and when they started broadcasting all the other baseball games from major league there's... baseball. People could just, you know, listen to it at home.
2: There's 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 I, I this naturally leads into something i really enjoy about this movie is that i think that there are some very clever lines in this movie one of them being one that stuck with me is uh there's a part where a radio broadcaster is talking about the game and he's like so come on down if you're in the area which you certainly are because this is a very weak broadcast and i really (laughs) liked that line i really liked when tom hanks like there's a scene where tom hanks says like Oh, I had a couple of wives, and Gina Davis is like any children. And He's like one of them was. Like I really, I I, I think the script is actually very funny in this movie. Like there's yeah. little, like dry, it, dry moments like that. It, that I aside from like the big moments, you know of of.
1: It's probably and, a good thing you know, that, like that Penny. That really works. It's a good thing that Penny Marshall directed it because there are a couple of things in this that if a male mm-hmm. had been directing it, I think it would have come across as very cringy and unpleasant. Like the. uh, they have the uglies trope where there's the the ugly player who then meets a guy who's kind of average looking and they're like, oh, there's somebody for everybody. And, you know, they kind of handle it in a little bit of an odd sense. But I'm very glad they didn't have the entire uh, sequence that you usually see in these of um, a per- not not Persephone. Makeover.
0: makeover. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. No, there's no
1: My Fair Lady. Uh, they- yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more or less it 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 informs her character and they and and the, the movie does a good job because they have that aside with John lovitz and and her father. Mm-hmm. Um and and it's very very well written and and says a lot about and very well performed. And Lovitz, you know, Lovitz it's kind of this is kind of the beginning of he was kind of hot shit at this point, you know, like he was kind of like, you know, right before like the critic and shit, you know, Saturday night live what have you. But um it's it's kind of funny to see him have to act a cross from that moment and and he does a good job of just kind of you know being stable and just you know the way he kind of just collapses and just like yeah. you know it, it's 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 he's, it's it's he's well great. done yeah uh, well, it, i think it's, that it's like
1: before he fell back on shtick i think was the thing like he was yeah. he was still an actor and he was still experiencing things and it was before he got mm-hmm. comfortable in the shtick that he got from saturday night live and the critic and things like that so he was still like very alive in the moment i agree with that he was uh, he was a good actor in this
2: but I agree with you. Um, I guess there are a couple things about that. But but I agree with you about the the quote ugly character Marla Hooch. I believe is the character's name. Um, I think that the real saving grace of that character is there's jokes about how like she's you know not conventionally attractive and like there's in the real like they show her and she's very far, <laughs> far away. away. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but I think that the real thing that really works about that character is. Like, I think in some movies, in a worse movie, that would be the extent of that character. This movie loves that person. Like, the father clearly loves her so mm-hmm. much. She gets to have this, like, very happy life and happy ending. Like, it takes the time to be like, this is a person, like, that the, that we genuinely care about. And I don't think, I think maybe someone, like, who wasn't Penny Marshall, maybe a male director at the time, might have been like, yeah, she's just the ugly chick. And I think this movie really takes care with a lot of I these think, characters like, to give them those like, moments.
0: I think if you had like John Hughes, like mm-hmm. try to do this, like, I think that that's, you, you would lean more into that. And there were definitely, cause what I love also about this is that they kind of imply, like there's sort of this romantic tension between uh, Dottie and, and Jimmy Duggan, Duggan. um and, and they never really go anywhere with it, but it is more or less, I think, I think Chris said it earlier. It is more or less like a father figure sort of relationship, but they, they don't, they don't tip their hand about that. You know, they kind of just like let it, rest there and just kind of let that moment be. And I think that that's that's, that's patient and clever. Um, and I think that that's, that, and allowing that moment to just exist in its own right rather than try to build everything about that. And they do the same thing with uh, with the Marla character You know, cause like, yeah, you know, she ends up finding a guy. Yeah. There's somebody for everybody. And she ends up, I mean, what I love is that they have no problem. She's apparently like a really badass, like baseball hitter. Right. Well, nobody minds that she gets married and leaves the team. But when Gina Davis's husband comes in, we're like, Oh, we'll never do it without you anyway. um, But, but yeah, yeah. I, I also think that's, that's, I think Zach's also right. That unlike Slapshot, um, this movie loves these characters. Like has, like, I feel like Slapshot was more or less kind of, cynical and and kind of nasty to these characters whereas this movie is funny and and will have jokes at their expense but at the at the core of it there's a there's a romanticism to these people that that penny marshall i think is able to corral well
2: it seems like it's like slap shot the characters were assholes mostly and the movie knew it yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it also
0: it feels like
1: this one was aimed sort of at like People from that time period, because I remember my grandmother loved this movie a lot, and I remember that my mother loved this movie a lot. So it was one of these things where, you know, some of the issues they were dealing with were actually pretty consistent, like the one lady who's unable to read, um, uh, a lot of these women being replaced when the men came back. And of course, in the real world, that was a horrifying situation because, you know, women had gone off to work in factories and had jobs. And when they ca- the husbands came home, it's like, oh, well, you have to not work now. And ladies weren't really able to get back into the workplace with that level until like the seventies. So, you know, uh, there were yeah. questions, and it I, was, yeah. You know. I
2: think I think I want to generally give Chris a point for uh, sort of some of his stuff about like how uh, the ways in which Penny Marshall and the movie is so cognizant of not beyond just being a fun comedy, like a lot of this, a lot of these these issues. I think that's uh, accurate and well-observed the one downside i would say is the moment with uh the black woman is so throwaway; it's like almost almost don't include it like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna dig just don't yeah and and and
0: i i and you sort of it's 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 like a it's it's the movie giving itself permission to not have any people of color—that's you know, like it, that's what it's doing. it's, yeah, it it's giving felt, itself from—it's letting itself off the hook. It it really felt like uh, virtue
1: signaling to steal a comment from the right. Uh, because it's one of those things like, you know, they have actual like black players that had things happen later. And I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't the same situation, but I think it could be a suggestion that these ladies opened up some of that so that eventually men could play, but I don't sure. know when the first black I mean, baseball player was.
2: It was 1947. that Jackie Robinson Jackie Robinson. Okay. So it was after on. world war two then it was after yep. world war two.
1: Okay. Correct.
0: Um, so, I mean, and that's what it's, it's hinting at, but like, you're almost like, well, we fucking know that. You know, we, we, we already know. You don't have to, it doesn't, it's not adding anything other than drawing attention to a nightmarish racial inequality that we've had uh, forever. And, still and maintained anyway. to this day. Yeah, that's right, yep, yeah, yep, yeah.
2: going strong. Um, Sorry, podcast listeners. That's right, that's uh, right. <laughs> if you like Trump, we probably don't like you. I don't <laughs> know right. what yeah. to tell you.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, 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 I can't say, there's no accounting for good taste. <laughs> uh, but I I think that um I think Borov's got a point there and I think you do too Zach about about that kind of thing being kind of throwaway. and and there's a lot of moments in here because that's why I wanted to ask you guys do so you think that part of this movie's legacy um is still kind of the the hangover from the 80s you know like where it's this kind of nostalgia worship sort of thing and it kind of re evoking that. I mean it, it, we kind of get away from that in mainstream Hollywood in the nineties. Nostalgia so this for is still kind of early. For for boomers. I'm sorry. Yes. For Stillwell. Uh, still well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah. That could yeah, be. Stillwell yeah, the, the yeah. monster boomer.
1: Yeah, I mean um, it's absolutely uh I would say this movie is definitely in line with the uh parent worship that happened with too. a lot of boomers. That was strange. Like Forrest Gump was hard into that too.
2: Sure. I, I will say to be fair um boomer nostalgia is definitely like 50s the 40s would be like silent generation stillwell would be like a silent generation kid because the first boomers were you know the baby boom after world war ii that's That's why every stephen king book takes place in like 1954 Mm. that's their era Mm. Um, that's fair well i meant it more in terms of
1: just like the uh uh the greatest generation and sort of uh I've just noticed that that seems to be a thing with boomers. They they idolize people who were in World War II as the good old days and cleaner, and we knew who we were fighting and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Which well, is changes over time, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I, a lot I, of it's the, the clean yards and white picket fences and suburban boom of the Eisenhower era is kind of their... There is a lot of their fetish too, but mm-hmm. obviously... You know, right. for all of America, World War Two is just, it's one of those wars where it's like, oh, we were fighting some really bad people. Like, you can feel pretty good about World War Two and the Civil War for most of us, because, like, <laughs> the people we were fighting... <laughs>
1: Again, we don't like you if you're a Trump supporter.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: If you, conf-
2: if you want the Confederacy to rise again, you can, you can fuck right off. The Confederacy was was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> if you oh, don't boy. think the Civil War was about slavery, read any article right, of secession. Yeah. Read any of if, them. If you're still... It's in all of them immediately. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Uh,
0: the Professional Women's Baseball League lasted longer than the Confederacy. <clears throat> anyway uh so i i it it, it, but what i'm not talking about just like nostalgia worship of world war ii although that's kind of part of it but in the 80s you know you had all these like kind of family movies coming out in in mainstream hollywood with like these kind of family oriented movies john hughes the like what have you Mm -hmm. um so like it it it, is this kind of like a hangover from that still like where we're still kind of getting out of that generation of film i think moving into the the pulp fictions the
1: yeah well when you look at the time period yeah i would definitely say that it is it's probably towards the end of that cycle because if you look at the average age of boomers this is probably when most of them had like 10 year old kids kids they could take to movies earlier than that during the 80s during like spielberg's big period they probably you know a bunch of uh gen x kids would have been like eight or nine so they had to have movies to take their kids to and that's why they were just super super successful i think other than just being good movies
0: For sure. Yeah, for sure. a,
2: A feel of movie that I talk about and I can never quite explain what I mean, but in a way it feels to me, because of when I grew up, like the most like a movie a movie can feel, which is not a good or bad thing necessarily. And it's like 9 to 5 has that feel right this has that feel Mm. Um, and I think the 90s were when home alone came out the same year as this I think this that has this feel and 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 in 94 the year Pulp Fiction came out Pulp Fiction doesn't feel like it as much but Shawshank Redemption very much does and they came out the same
1: year it feels like the artifice Like, not in a bad way, but it feels like the artifice of making a movie is different. Like, once they got into, like, Pulp Fiction and stuff like that, they get into the metafictional stuff and the deconstructivist stuff that happens with the Gen Xers. And they get all weird with meta and, like, Christopher Nolan, like, breaking the entire structure of stories up and doing weird
2: stuff. Yeah, They don't experiment too hard. It's very earnest. It's very much, like, accept me as this, like... Mm -hmm very straightforward as i am thing yeah
0: sure that's i mean that's why i think that this movie's one of this movie stands the test of time i mean for me it's like this is a top tier like homesick or hungover movie like top tier like you can it, it it demands very little from you as an audience member and still easily to digest and for more or less enjoyable you know like it it, it's it's yeah i i that's it's a top tier one of those movies so i get what you're picking down i i really understand what you're saying that movies there are certain movies that uh are just good Mm -hmm. you know like they're just good movies you know like and this is one of those movies like it's it's just a good movie
2: can i highlight a different example of what i'm talking about sure it's not the same genre but like you get horror movies from like the 80s and, and early 90s and stuff right and and they're like these slashers they're very movie movies and i think to chris's point about uh the sort of metatextual stuff like scream is a big turning point where like the movie is very much about like these are the rules of horror movies and like that's what happened in the 90s and i think i can't remember which of you was was it russell who said like mentioned pulp fiction is like this breaking point in that I, I think it Russell. was like it's before I want break. to give Russell before. that point a point for that because <laughs> oh, I think shit, it's cool. uh, I think it's I think it's quite <laughs> I think it's quite astute. And I think this is the end of this kind of feel of movies like these are the last.
1: Yeah, they've the tried to years. do these since and they don't play as well. Like my memory right, of I, like like Lincoln, for example, that was like it's sure. pretty old now, but it's like he hasn't really progressed Maybe. from this point as a filmmaker like Steven Spielberg I feel like- hasn't changed.
2: Hidden figures feels like a movie movie and it's fine, but it's like, not, it's just not what people want as much nowadays.
0: I think it's, you, you start to get uh, antibodies to it. You know, like you just start to develop, like, you just kind of get like, even, um, you know, like, uh, 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 like even in other sports movies later on, like, like Cinderella man, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with Russell Crowe and Giamatti, like even that movie has the kind of same kind of, feel to it you know it's Ron Howard you know and and it's 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 kind of got that feel but I think you're right Zach I think that you know what Zach I'm giving you a point um because I think that um yeah nowadays I don't know if it just doesn't latch on as much anymore or if just the market's so inundated with like Marvel shit that nobody cares anymore um so like I I I I don't know but it, it does seem like but this it's not like this only happened in this particular time period I mean I you know any Billy Wilder film you could probably watch it and say like, oh, that's a good fucking movie. And I'm glad I watched it. You know, like that's, and, and Spielberg, to, when, when when you're talking about um, Lincoln, I think what made Lincoln a little bit elevated as far as Spielberg type of movie um, was not just Daniel Day-Lewis, though that's part of it. Because um, I think whatever you're, making a movie with daniel day lewis he's pretty much the movie um if he's the main character yeah um so i think that that was a different dynamic for spielberg who's not particularly known for that kind of directing but to have that kind of and, and then also um well and one of the most annoying tropes and, and the, this movie suffers from it too is the spielbergism of always overending your movies you know like you, you just get, make yeah. sure that you just you're going to have four or five different codas. So nobody has any questions. And 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 this movie does that too. Like I said, the, we could have done it with just the placards of, of yeah. you know, like Jimmy Dugan died or whatever, you know, and that, and, yeah. and, and little picture that, that
2: would have been fine. Yeah, it I definitely, just, I, it,
0: it, I didn't see the,
2: it, it felt the like, animal house freeze frame. Yeah,
1: it felt a little Lord of the Rings. It really did. Like the denomit takes about 49 for sure. minutes because it starts with like Gina Davis is going to leave. They talk about it for a long time. Gina Davis leaves. They talk about it for a long time. The movie keeps going. (laughs) They get involved in all sorts of other stuff. She comes back briefly for the World Series game. Then the film ends, ends. And then you're in the uh, bookend. And you're in the bookend for about five to 10 minutes as they go down a laundry list of remember this person, remember that person, that person's dead. And then you finally get to the ending (laughs) where they have the card come up. You're like, all right. And that's why baseball's great. (laughs)
2: did you like bill pullman he's fucking dead Uh, sorry oh
0: boy are you watching this in 2021
2: they're all fucking dead every single one of them (laughs)
0: I can't believe John Lovitz's character is still alive. That's, I wow, know, that guy think. should have been he's dead. Alive. No kidding. He's like got a cigar
2: in every scene. <laughs> yeah. I love that character I really liked when he's talking to the guy in the train and he's like, if I had you line of work, I'd kill myself. Kill myself.
0: Every I, time I got to
1: sit next to these yeah. people. I'm just too friendly. My, my favorite memory um, of that guy is when he's leaving the ladies at tryouts and he's like, I hate it when they get attached to me. I hate that. And he just walks away. <laughs> he's like cursing to himself for having made friends accidentally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He just doesn't understand why they care. He's like, nah, like what, what's the line he says? He said, like, oh, sure. I'm just going to go home, get a shower, give the wife a little pickle-tickle. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the
2: fuck? <laughs> oh, boy. I watched this with my girlfriend. I don't know if you guys watched it with your significant others. Um, but I will say this, uh, and I have heard this confirmed uh, externally by others. Uh, David Strathern is Ira Lowenstein. Certified hottie, according to every woman in this movie, according to every woman that I uh, uh, have I've heard uh, the talk about the subject. Uh, the, yeah, the commissioner, <laughs> the commissioner with the glasses. Yeah. Oh, I could see that
1: he's definitely bookish. Yeah. He's like a bookish shot. I can see that like, yeah, uh,
0: mm-hmm. if I made a biopic of Groucho Marx in the 90s, he's my pick to play Groucho. He looks like Groucho, He like put the put the shoeshine on his mustache. He'd fucking nail it. Um, but uh, can we talk about Madonna? yeah sure. um because i i think that that's another kind of odd hangover from the 80s is including when madonna was at this point in her career where she kind of fancied herself an actress um this is after i think this is right after dick tracy i think um, it is too i think that yeah. was
2: 91 right. and this is yeah. 92.
0: or 90 or very very or maybe right 90, after yeah. dick tracy so like uh you could dick tracy was all in studio right it was all yes set absolutely yeah, absolutely like that it was mm-hmm. all controlled studio shoot um whereas this they all shot it in chicago and outside and, and actual they actually quit places um uh, madonna apparently according to the imdb page had an absolutely terrible time with this movie absolutely hated it um and nobody else cared for her either because when they were doing the world series i had all these extras while they're setting up so like, uh, some of the actors would come out, you know, and like sing a song for the extras. You know, Tom Hanks did apparently did a little puppet show out of the di- out of the dugout, and Rosie O'Donnell did some of her stand up. Um, everybody was there, uh, and they they asked Madonna, "Would you want to go sing a song?" Madonna's like, "Fuck, it, I'm not singing these people." So she's not even welcome in that town anymore. <laughs> she's like, uh, um, well, but, and, and it I, is I kind of I can see that. I mean, she was a huge star
1: a, at the time, so
0: it's for like... sure she was a she was a box office draw, no mm-hmm. doubt. And and part of the uh, what I read was that. Uh, Deborah Winger was actually the one who was supposed to be playing. um, uh, All the way, May Dottie. (laughs) She was supposed to be playing Dottie, but right up to the last minute, dropped out because um, she didn't want to work with Madonna. She Mm. she thought that was Uh. a dumb casting choice. She did not want to. Apparently, that's what I read. Uh, So they got Gina Davis. So much so that they had already dyed Kit's hair red to match uh, Deborah Winger. So Gina Davis had to dye her hair red to match. Oh, interesting! Um, yeah, uh, so I just well, think it's it's interesting that Madonna uh, is that, and, and she never really did anything as far. As, I mean, I guess Evita, I guess you know, Avita's. Uh, it it what felt like most, beaches.
1: Yeah, I mean, it felt like stunt casting a little bit. Like I could tell that they wanted sure. someone who would be, like, they were definitely playing off of her um, uh, sex symbol status from the '80s as sort of being the wild girl or the slightly dirty girl. So. I could see why they cast her in this, but it is, I remember at the time, it definitely stuck out. And I think that was the one character that my grandmother was like, she's too scandalous for this. And she had a real hard time watching this movie with her in it.
2: I'll say this, <laughs> uh, I think generally speaking, Madonna is quite a poor actress. This is maybe the best performance I've seen from her. Yeah, uh, I don't think anybody in the movie sure. drops the ball. For me, yeah, I think her, um, and, her no, and Rosie O'Donnell
1: so. definitely have a good uh chemistry between those two, and the fact that all of their scenes in which she does anything is based off that is definitely helped by having Rosie O'Donnell there, yeah.
0: Well, and and Penny Marshall's like from you know from New York, so she's got a kind of got that New York roughness, and that's her why her and Rosie got on like 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 ducks in a pond because they just they, they're from the same neighborhood, so and Madonna, you know, I mean, Madonna's not really. She's kind of an outsider to all of this. And and you know, it's not like she came from a from a baseball fan. But I agree with you, Zach. I think that for all the the misery that apparently she was under, she did okay. I thought she did pretty well. Um, apparently the but I think what would have been a better choice rather than just casting Madonna just for the box office receipts, which, you know, it's not like this movie it didn't like get nominated for a bunch of rewards or anything. It wasn't it was successful and and it's sure. it's it stood the test of time, but it's not like the academy noticed. But I mean, what apparently they were looking at uh um uh, Marissa Tomei who had just come off of my cousin Vinny she would have been great um, they were looking at her but she couldn't play baseball that was what Petty there there's apparently footage of during my cousin Vinny when Marissa Tomei was aud- uh, auditioning for this of Joe Pesci teaching Marissa Tomei how to play baseball so she could audition for this part i do I, if, uh, like George Roy Hill um for slapshot i i respect that Penny Marshall like wanted that out of her performance you got to at least play well Gina like, Davis with George Roy Hill you had to at least skate
1: well, Gina Davis is a, uh, she was a, uh, athlete. Like she is a, uh, archer. She was like an Olympic archer. Huh,
0: I did So yeah, that. she's a
1: solid huh. athlete. Yeah. She's a uh, pretty, she's still good at it. Like there's like video of her out there now, like at her current age, going out full archery and just like nailing bull shots or, uh, bullseyes. So yeah, I, I mean, mean, I don't know if that in- influenced her, uh, performance in this or not, but might be I maybe.
2: Guess, yeah. I mean, at some of the some of the in terms of playing, being able to play baseball like there were like I, I my first thing thought was like oh, they could work around that. But there are definitely scenes of them genuinely doing like there's a scene where a character has a very nasty bruise on her thigh. Hundred percent real. Yep. Like that actress just like slid and got a horrific looking bruise and they were like, fuck yep. it. We'll put it in the movie. I think yeah, somebody else I broke did. their nose.
1: Like During someone, the filming someone of the supposedly movie? broke their foot i think Lori petty said she broke her foot
2: yeah so there was definitely like some real like baseball playing going on which uh would be dangerous if you don't know how to play so i should not do it <laughs>
0: right and that's why i i understand i i sort of that that's how she that's as i understand it that's how the production kind of went down is that she would just like have them play basically and just kind of shoot random asides and just kind of Go things on the fly. That's why Rosie O'Donnell gets a lot of screen time, is because she's she was just so into it and was able to just. That's you know, Penny Marshall just loved it, and just kind of rolled with it. That's fun. I think that's really great. Um, I,
2: I I was curious about uh, how successful this movie was because you guys kind of mentioned how it did at the box office. Uh, in its first weekend, it ca- It finished second behind Batman Returns. Yeah, but it did have staying. Mm-hmm. It had it had staying power and it managed to make quite a bit of money. It made. 132 million against its 40 million budget. So it was, it did pretty well.
0: Yeah. And that's it. But like, I I would have thought that considering how strong Tom Hanks was in this movie. I mean, he almost steals the movie and that's a tough thing to do when everybody else is doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought he, I swore he would have got nominated for this one because like it, it seems like it was after this that he just gets nominated for fucking everything, <laughs> um, you know, after Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, it was a know, warm up. And, and It it's... was
1: definitely a warm up for him to get into sure. real things. Cause this was also like right before uh, uh, the movie I just mentioned earlier, Forrest Gump. Um, he did Forrest Gump, I think two years later, three years later. And then that one really kind of cracked open the thing. So he started getting like more adult parts, but this one definitely got him heading that direction more than like Turner and Hooch.
0: Sure. Or, or, or even Penny Marshall's previous movie with him, Big. I mean, Big Mm -hmm. was a, was, was a big comedy back then. And it, but I mean, he'd already done bosom buddies. So, I mean, he was already kind of known as being like a comedian comic actor, you know? So it's fun to see him do this role and walk that line of being funny, like breathtakingly funny, For but sure. yet still very grounded and human and not cartoonish at
2: all. Like he's very yeah, much mm-hmm. like, you you're know. right. This is, this is, I mean, what the year after this, I guess was Philadelphia. And the year after that was Forrest Gump. And at yeah. that point, it's like Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks, the Tom is the Hanks King of know. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it, this is why I think this movie uh, is not only good, but it's also kind of educational in that respect. Cause you see a lot of, Younger, I mean, David Stratham won an actor, won an Oscar for fucking, uh, playing, uh, for good night and good luck, you know? So like they, mm-hmm. the, the, there's a lot of talent in this movie. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm glad you chose it, Zach. Um, I guess we should probably. I'm glad I it. watched yeah. it. I uh, had yeah. never
2: seen it. I'm glad I got to, yeah. uh, should we do um, quick round of final thoughts? You betcha. Uh,
0: Chris, why don't you start since you're going to announce your movie next?
2: Sure. Um,
1: I thought this one was great. Um. I wasn't really going into it uh, unaware that it was kind of a classic. So for me, it was mostly uh, revisiting it and going like, oh, okay, I remember this scene. I remember that scene. Um, A lot of times when these movies happen, uh, I'll remember key bits of dialogue and they kind of forget the rest. So like no crying in baseball is a real standout. Uh, But in this one, a lot of the character moments did kind of stick with me. And I think the fact that a movie that is so upbeat and involves baseball, but also has a scene in which a woman finds out that her husband has died uh, in World War II and it's pretty tragic. Uh, the fact that it has those two extremes of like really high uh, high concept comedy next to pretty real world drama that doesn't ever get into melodrama, at least for me, is a really nice and refreshing thing to see from that time period. So yeah, I would, I would definitely suggest this one Fascinating. to everybody. You didn't think that I would like this one?
0: Uh, No, no, no. I just the fact that that, like I I thought your melodrama radar was going off on this movie. So the fact that it was tempered is uh, impressive. It speaks a lot to the movie. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of agree with everything you said that, uh, you know, and like I said earlier, this is a top tier hungover movie. Like if if you've had a hard night and you just want to sit down and watch something that is fucking easy to watch, this is up there. it's it's kind of typical of the of the era of the early '90s, especially in sports movies. But uh, if if even a little elevated, um, with with Penny Marshall and Tom Hanks doing their thing, um, I think that um, when it comes to these sort of family comedies. You know, cause this is a, it's a, it's meant for families. I think Warf said it earlier. This is a movie for, for people to bring their kids to And it's going to be relatively harmless if, if not, they're a little too influenced by Stillwell. Am I right? <laughs> um But uh yeah, I, I, there's not a lot of bad I could say about this movie uh, other than the bookends, but it's, it, that's honestly a minor complaint. I mean, it, it it's, it's a minor, minor complaint. Um You know, I, I, it's, it's hard to talk about a movie like this because, Uh, without just gushing about it just because it's the, you know, it pretty much hits all the notes you need to hit in a movie Um, and well done. So yeah, good movie.
2: Yeah. uh, I also enjoyed it. In fact, the more we talk about it, the more fondly I think of it uh, almost like, uh, yeah, the more we dug in it in the conversation increased my enjoyment of the movie as we were having it. I feel like Um, I agree. I think that the tonally it was, really interesting because I, I felt the scene where the woman receives the telegram was genuinely affecting. And it's interesting to see that in uh, this comedy to have, to be able to pull off that tonal shift, to have these scenes that feel very like affecting where your heart really goes out for this woman who, you know, loses her husband. Uh, it, uh, I think in many ways, there's like a similarity to our previous movie in that um, I feel like the beginning is a lot of plots set up. And then there's like kind of a vacation for these vignettes. And then, Like in the third act, we're like, okay, and now we're just going to come back to the plot, Um, which is fine. Uh, That's a perfectly reasonable way to structure a movie uh, 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 if you can make it work. But um, yeah, uh, I, I did enjoy this movie. It was good. Uh, I think again, I agree. It's like, it's a nice breezy, easy watch. And uh, yeah, yeah. If that's what you're in for up for it, go for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Well, that was fun. So let's go to handle our business real quick uh chris borif you have one more bonus point to give out with 11 points at final voting uh i have one more point to give out and 11 points at final voting zach powers has one more point uh bonus point to give out with uh 14 holy bonus points. Fuck. yeah you did good uh wow. so uh, chris got a point from zach about the content of Petty marshall's feminism uh, I got a co- point from Zach. I don't remember why because I forgot to write because, it down. Because uh, the <laughs> um, the
2: change is because of the change in how movies sort of oh, feel right. the, in the mid nineties. The in era in the
0: nineties. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, then uh, Zach got a point from Chris about filming baseball, and then uh, got a point from me about this being a movie movie. Uh, okay, so uh, that brings us to round three of sports theme, which is the ball <laughs> is in Chris Boris's court. So Borough, what are you going to pick up and shoot? So uh, I
1: decided to pick a movie that I don't have strong memories of, uh, but was uh, suggested to me strongly because I don't know that many sports movies. I didn't want to go with something too obvious like Rocky or something like that. Mm. So Mm. I decided to pick a movie uh, called Cool Runnings, the Disney movie because it's on Disney Plus and it is accessible and I like John Candy. And i have almost no memory of this movie outside of john candy and it involving a toboggan loves john candy yeah
2: Uh, Yeah, it's it's one of
0: his last ones too yeah
2: well i think an interesting pick from chris guys i'm gonna make a crazy proposition let's make a vow right now that next time we record we wear the exact same clothes
0: (laughs) i you know what i say you know what zach you're on i'm gonna i'm not even gonna uh-huh. yeah I'm, I'm gonna do exactly let's just do <laughs> when we come back to record I don't know, cool it just running, feels like, like a what? fun just, thing to do yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. i think it'll
1: be fun yeah, yeah i'll, I'll yeah. even like i'll, I'll keep my I, beard I this length I, too i'll do that i'll do that for you me
2: Zach. too right. i'm gonna uh-huh. do that i'm not gonna get a haircut i'm not gonna that's trim right? or lengthen my beard
0: mm-hmm. that's right my, my fingernails are gonna maintain their dirtiness <laughs> and uh yeah yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep going um, okay, well, that was fun, and uh, yeah, for a uh, uh, weird choice for cool runnings for you, that not the uh, I, I swore you were gonna pick like rollerball or some shit, um, you know, like. I, I, but anyway, um, so yeah, well, join us next time for uh, cool runnings. Uh, find us all over the place uh, on Spotify, like us on YouTube, like us on anywhere you get your podcast. Write a review, tell us how nice we are. Um and tell your friends. Okay, with that, I have been Russell Carlson and I was joined by Chris Born. Take it easy. No crying in baseball. <laughs> and I was also joined by Zach Powers.
2: Justice for Mrs. Cutbirth.
0: <laughs> 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 oh. Then are we gonna get a Me Too for Mrs. Cutbirth? Oh god. Alright, and as we say on the movie trap, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. Movie Trap promise. See you guys. And gra-gra-grabbed? Grabbed. Her. M-
2: mommy mil- mil- milky milky, white, white, milky white. May, what are you giving her to read? Oh, what difference
0: does it make? She's reading, OK? That's the important thing. Now, go away, go, shoot, shoot. Go ahead, Shirley, you're
2: doing good. Thanks, May. Milky. What? Breast. It gets really good after that, Luke.